You are listening to Lighthearted, the official podcast of the United States Lighthouse Society. My name is Jeremy Dontremont. Welcome. My co-host today is Cindy Johnson, award-winning volunteer for Friends of Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouses. Hi, Cindy. Hi, Jeremy. This is July 7th, 2021, and this is a special edition of Lighthearted. We're going to Ireland today. Have you been to Ireland, Cindy? No, I haven't. My heritage is pretty mixed, but I'm probably more Irish than anything else, so I will get across the pond one day. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, it looks like I may be going to Ireland uh, with the U.S. Lighthouse Society tour a year from now. Uh, I also have a good amount of Irish blood in me, and uh, I'm really looking forward to getting over there and seeing it uh, for myself. Our guest today is Noel Lynch, who is a tour guide at Hook Lighthouse in Ireland, which happens to be the oldest operating lighthouse in the world. First, has anything interesting happened on this date in lighthouse history, Cindy? As a matter of fact, yes, something very important. On July 7, 1939, the Bureau of Lighthouses, also known as the Lighthouse Service, was merged into the United States Coast Guard. The Bureau of Lighthouses, with all its equipment and staff, was moved from the Department of Commerce building to Coast Guard headquarters. The Coast Guard still oversees the operation of all the federal lighthouse properties that remain active aids to navigation, although many of the structures themselves are taken care of by nonprofit organizations and others. Yeah, that's one of the biggest events in lighthouse history in this country, I would say. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that lighthouses were managed by the Department of the Treasury from 1789 to 1903, then the Commerce Department, and then back to the Treasury Department with the merger with the Coast Guard in 1939. And uh, of course, the Coast Guard is now under the Department of Homeland Security. Also on this date, July 7th, 1906, the Hall of Fame baseball pitcher Satchel Page was born in Alabama. He once said, quote, Age is a case of mind over matter. If you don't mind, it don't matter, end quote. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'll go along with that, especially since I'm about to become officially old in a few days. (laughs) I'll be the age when a lot of people retire, but I have no intention of retiring anytime soon. Yeah, we've done about 140 episodes of this podcast, and I want to do at least a thousand more. (laughs) Woohoo! Well, happy (laughs) almost birthday, Jeremy. Well, thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. So let's talk about Hook Lighthouse and today's guest. I'd be happy to. Ireland's Hook Lighthouse, or Hook Head Lighthouse, is the oldest operating lighthouse in the world. The tapering headland of Hook Head is in the southwestern part of County Wexford, on the southeast coast of Ireland below Dublin. In the 5th century, a monastery was established on the peninsula. According to tradition, the early monks from the monastery erected a beacon that burned fire to warn mariners away from the dangerous rocks on the Hook Peninsula. A more substantial lighthouse tower was built around the year 1200. Monks apparently helped to build the lighthouse, and they served as the keepers of the light for many years. The tower was constructed of local limestone, and it stands four stories high with walls up to 13 feet thick. The first three stories still have their original 13th century stone fireplaces. Built into the walls are a number of chambers. The upper tier originally supported a beacon fire, which was later replaced by a lantern. A new lantern was installed on top in 1671, but the lighthouse continued to burn coal until 12 whale oil lamps were installed in 1791. Gas lights were installed in 1871, then kerosene burning equipment in 1911. Finally, the power source became electricity 
1972. The light was automated in 1996 and the last light keepers were removed. The old keepers' houses were turned into a visitor center and the light station was opened to the public in 2001. There's also a cafe on the site. Noel Lynch is a tour guide and entertainer at the Hook Lighthouse. I had the pleasure of speaking with him recently. He's a pretty amazing guy, as you'll hear. We spoke via Zoom and I recorded the video of the interview because he actually gave a tour of the lighthouse and the other buildings. I'm posting the video on the U.S. Lighthouse Society's YouTube channel at the same time this podcast is being posted. So let's listen to my conversation with Noel Lynch now. I'm speaking today with Noel Lynch, who is a tour guide and entertainer at the Hook Lighthouse in Ireland, which is actually the oldest operating lighthouse in the world. Thank you so much for joining me today, Noel. It's a pleasure, Jeremy. It's great to be on a Zoom in New Hampshire. Yeah, it really is. (laughs) Yeah. You and I had a preliminary talk uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, you told me a bit about your background. First of all, you've lived in a lot of places. Uh, Where are you from originally? Um, I'm from the west of Ireland originally, a little county called Limerick. Um, But I left there in 1986. Mm -hmm. Um, I finished school. I was just about 18. And um, ah, things were were slightly different. It it wasn't much for me there. So I tossed a coin with my dad. And it was either Heads Australia, Tails America. And America won. And I left on, I think it was July 24th, 1986. Okay. And I moved over to the States. I uh, spent almost 22 years there in the end. Mm-hmm. Living where in the States? Uh, in New York. Um, I was in uh, Woodside in Queens for a while, ended up in Sunnyside. I uh, worked in bars all over the city. The last bar I worked in was 2007. Um, Josie Woods down in the middle of New York University, just east of Washington Square Park. Okay. Anyone who went to NYU will know Josie Woods. And before that, it was known as Boo Radley's. It was kind of a, a, an NYU stronghold of a bar. You know, I think uh, I think in New York terms, you might call it a dive bar. But uh-huh. I was well suited to that. You know, they're some of the best for sure. Yeah. You uh, also mentioned to me when we talked before that you visited 48 states in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. Um, myself and my wife, we, we liked traveling, you know, um, and, we, and we still do. Um, obviously, things are slightly different now, but um, we did any chance we got, we got out of the city. As a matter of fact, our first date, um, I took her on a train ride to Virginia Beach. Mm. <laughs> and that was our first date. And that kind of that was the bug for traveling for, for us. And for the next 15 or 20 years, any chance we got, we get out of the city, even mm. up as far as New Hampshire. We used to go skiing. We used to go to Vermont, Killington, um, the West Coast, up and down the West Coast, uh, Highway 101, uh, the, the prairies, Georgia. Everywhere, 48 of the states, and the only two I haven't been at was Hawaii and Alaska. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a regret of mine. It would have been nice to do all 50 because it's an amazing country there. I mean, it has so much, so much to offer, you know, and obviously there's lighthouses there as well. Uh, Yeah, you've got me beat by quite a a ways. I was uh, trying to figure it out the other day, and I think I've been at least through parts of, uh, I think it's about 32 states. Uh, pretty I feel good. I've done pretty good. So 48 is super impressive. Thank you. So how did you come to be a tour guide at, at uh, Hook Lighthouse? Yeah, um, myself and my wife, Catherine, we'd stopped here 15 years ago in Ireland. We're just back on holidays or vacation. And um, we stopped and I'd done the tour of the Hook Lighthouse. 
And I immediately fell in love with it. I mean, at that stage, I had been at quite a lot, hundreds, if not thousands of lighthouses I'd visited. And I, I kind of felt something, you know. And before I knew it, my wife had put a deposit on a house about five miles from here. <laughs> so we got back to the city about four days later. And um, I was after realizing I'm after buying a house in Ireland in a county I'd only ever been in for three days. And, you know, things changed slightly after that. My oldest daughter was born in, uh, in Manhattan. And I saw her and I sold everything and moved here. Mm -hmm. And eventually a job came up at the lighthouse. Someone told me they were looking for tour guides at the lighthouse. So I said, hey, that might suit me down to the ground. So I applied for the job and I got it. And uh, I think there was a, a few provisions I had to take care of. Uh, at this stage, I was a, a puppeteer, a juggler, a children's entertainer. I get to dress as a pirate every now and then. Uh, Captain Hook, of course, is my name. And um, sure. so the, the job entails quite a lot. Obviously, the, the people that come down are important. I, I, love to, I love to give them the knowledge of the area and just how important lighthouses are and mm -hmm. always have been for safety at sea. But I do. I'm lucky. I'm finally living my dream job. <laughs> uh -huh. yeah. it's, uh, it only took me about uh, 40 years to figure it out. But here I am now. Yeah. By the way, while I'm thinking of it, I want to thank you. A couple of days ago, I got a, a nice uh, package in the mail. It was like Christmas. And uh, you sent me a, whole, a bunch of uh, Hook Lighthouse items. I'm wearing a pin on my hat here, a Hook Lighthouse pin. I'm wearing the Hook Lighthouse bracelet. Oh, you got the bracelet on as well. Very good. Yeah. And uh, you sent me a bunch of postcards and a magnet. Uh, you're really uh, wetting my appetite to go there. And I if things go right, if my cards fall into place, I'll be there next year, summer of 2022 with the U.S. Lighthouse Society tour. So I can't wait to meet you up in person. Yeah. Oh, that's I'm looking forward to it so much. Meeting you and seeing that fantastic place and Ireland in general, having a little bit of Irish blood in me. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, let's move on and talk about first the Hook Peninsula uh, certainly has some interesting history. Maybe you could say a little bit about that. One of the things that's kind of interesting listeners might be inter interested in is that um, the famous phrase by Hooker by Crook originated there. Yeah, um, I mean, when, when, when Cromwell was coming over to, to Waterford and attacking Ireland um, a couple of hundred years ago, we're known as the Hook and we've always been known as the Hook going back, going back pretty much 1500 years. But right across the Waterford estuary, as we look over here, there's a little village called Crook. Mm -hmm. So when he was attacking Waterford, he said, we will get there by hook or by crook. And that's where the saying comes from. And it's stuck. And it mm -hmm. kind of means we'll get the job done by whatever means necessary. You know, that's what it translated to. But the village of Crook and the Hook Lighthouse, there you go. Mm -hmm. For uh, listeners, American listeners who know nothing about the Hook Peninsula, could you just say a, maybe a, a little bit about the geography of where in Ireland it is? Yeah, we're down the southeast corner of Ireland. When the Normans arrived here, and prior to that, the Vikings and so on, they, they found there was a little river system here. And mm -hmm. um, that river system gives you access to about a quarter of Ireland by boat. And, you know, up to 100 or so years ago, that's the way people traveled. The further in they explored, they could find that they, they you know, the quarter of a beautiful country by boat. Very nice. Let's stay here. The only problem was it's treacherous. You know, like right behind me, you have the Irish Sea. Our mm -hmm. prevailing winds are south-southwesterly coming across. Most of the marine vessels are coming from the east. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, they had to protect it. They had to put something here so they could get their ships in. So we had the monks arriving in the 5th century, the monks of St. Duvon's Church. They were just lighting like small fires, you could say, on raised braziers, you know. They were here then. And then, of course, the Normans arrived around 1169, 1170, and they uh, forever changed our history. Um, It was an invitation to Ireland, really. You know, uh, they were invited in, not an invasion, as people think. Uh, The local chieftain here was a lad called Dermot McMurrah, and he was having some problems on his own. So he said, come on over and help me out here, and you can have your, your choice of lands. And that's what happened. Mm-hmm. And they arrived just a couple of miles down here on Bag and Bun. And uh, that's where they said the battle for Ireland was lost and won. You know, when they defeated the locals by driving a herd of cattle into them. Like you have to imagine these guys, these Normans, when they arrived around 1169, 1170, they were seasoned vet- veterans. You know, these guys had been in the Crusades, you know, so they knew what they were doing. And they were basically up against a lo- bunch of local farmers who had nothing but short pikes and sticks. So mm-hmm. they won. And. They went in, they founded the town of Waterford, the town of New Ross. It's very, very busy now. I mean, at one stage, about 100 years after the, the Normans arrived, say 12th, 1300s, the New Ross was Ireland's busiest shipping port because it gave you access to a quarter of the country, you know? Yeah. Um, quite amazing, really. Uh, Waterford is across the way from us. Uh, it's the oldest city in Ireland, mm-hmm. you know, the oldest charter city in Ireland going way back when. Cork is only down around the corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dublin, at the moment, you can reach Dublin in two hours. So, you know, we're really central to the whole of, to, to the whole of Ireland and getting into Ireland by boat. Right. The peninsula itself, it kind of starts out a little bit further in, about 15 kilometers, say about 12 miles wide. That's a good bit in by, um, and then it comes out here to where I am. And basically, you can see the point right here is no more than maybe 100 yards wide. And that's, yeah. that's some of the story. You mentioned the the monks, the, the fact that the lighthouse was originally built and staffed by by monks for, for quite a while. How long uh, was that, the situation there? Yeah, the monks would have arrived, say, in, in the 5th century, little churches inside the St. Duvon's church. Um, they noticed a lot of seafarers were getting shipwrecked coming over, so they lit their fires. Uh, the monks were here when the Normans arrived around 1169, say 1170, and the monks helped to build the lighthouse w- along with the Normans. Right. You know, um, one particular guy, the uh, the guy responsible for building the lighthouse is a guy called William Marshall. You know, the Marshall. Um, you've heard of uh, King John. King John signed Magna Carta along with William Marshall. And I think it was 1216 and Runnymede, if I'm not mistaken. And I do believe your constitution is based on Magna Carta. That's right. So we have, a, we have a little connection here with that as well. So William Marshall came in and he was given all of Leinster. He said, you know what? The monks are here. I'll bring my builders over and the monks can help him. Now, the monks stayed for quite a while. Sadly, William passed away in 1219 at the age of 72. He didn't get to see the lighthouse finished. Um, his sons would have seen it finished. Uh, the monks were here for a good while after that. And finally, then, say, local people would have taken over the lighthouse heading mm-hmm. into the 13 and the 1400s. We spoke about Cromwell earlier on. Um, after, say, the, the plantation of Ireland, the Cromwellian plantation of Ireland, the lighthouse then was given to the Loftus family. And the Loftuses looked after it. Uh, they threatened to extinguish the fire if they weren't paid back rents. That was taken care of. Um, later on, then, the uh, town of uh, New Ross, the ballast office, took it over, finally becoming CIL, the Commissioners of Irish Lights, Irish Lights, Trinity House. And here we are today, 800 years later, 
and mm-hmm. still a light burning at the top of the Hook Lighthouse. It's quite amazing. In later years, after the uh, the monks were no longer uh, operating uh, things there, there were, as you mentioned, local people, pretty much keepers and families living there. Are there any particular stories about their lives, the lives of the, the later people living there that uh, stand um, out? Let's go back to before we got electricity, I think. So we got electricity in 1972. Prior to that, there was this lovely family here called the Wickham family. They served here from 1968 to 71 with her husband, who was the lighthouse keeper. His name was Ray and their children. Eileen writes us letters, you know, actually writes letters. <laughs> and every now and then you get, you, you get a really nice one. And she, she wrote a lovely letter a couple of years ago about life in the lighthouse. I mean, back then they had pigs and they had chickens and there wasn't too much traffic here. There was barely none. I mean, she didn't have a car, Eileen. And about once every couple of weeks, someone would come by and drive her to the local town to get what she needed. The, the way she put this story to me was amazing because she said, you know, you're here with your family. And this is one of the few lighthouses in Ireland where you can actually come with your family. You know, anything that's offshore, the likes of the Fastnet, the Tusker, even Ballycotton and Cork, you're not allowed to bring your kids with you because there's no schools, there's no nothing. So this is the way they had it, you know. Yeah. So she told me a lovely story about the inspectors were coming. And of course, everything was doubly cleaned, the uniforms pressed, the brass was done, and the children were put away. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can say that. I don't think you can say that anymore. But she continued on the letter and she said, yeah, the children were put away. But she says, you're in fear, she said, of the, the, the inspectors coming because you want everything to be right. But as you know, lighthouses around the world, there there are no pastel colors. It's all reds and greens and blacks and stuff like that. And Eileen wanted to spruce up the houses, which I'll show you later on. So she kindly asked the inspectors the next time they were coming around, could you send me down some nice colors like pastels and not as dark and she wasn't sure if ray would still have a job the next time but lo and behold the next time a boat arrived down the inspectors got off and they gave her her lovely colors and then ray went about sprucing up the houses nice pastel colors so that's wow. eileen and ray wickham and um eileen still lives in rosslare at the moment mm-hmm. and it must have been a very difficult time for them um you know not, not a difficult time she she loves the time but you know no electricity Kids walking to school, you know, it, it was so different and, and, and saving lives at sea, you know. So mm-hmm. Eileen, is, if you're listening, Eileen, thanks for that letter. Another interesting thing I, I read about in the history of the Hook Lighthouse is the fog signals. There are like four different signals there over the years. Is that right? Yeah, uh, that's amazing you said it because right underneath me here right now, Jeremy, is the last foghorn that we used. Wow. So this is an electric air compressed foghorn. You'd hear it about, um, ah, about I think the actual thing is 3.9 miles away. Mm-hmm. It was a double blast every four seconds. That's when you knew you were in danger at the Hook Lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to that, we had cannons up on top. So prior to 1972, we had cannons up on top. There was a couple of cannons, and again, they were sending their signal off. Uh, prior to that, there were air compressed foghorns around as well and then prior to that there were flares so that was that that's would have been what we would have used this visibility is probably right now is probably about say 17 to 20 miles there are days when we can't even see the rocks down here mm-hmm. you know when like any other lighthouse when the fog moves in it's it's quite spectacular so again the whole thing is protecting sailors at sea 
It's my understanding there are no more active fog signals in Ireland. No, all of the um, all of the fog signals in Ireland were decommissioned. Um, I was actually here myself. I wasn't working here at the time. It was a cold January day in. Let me get this right. Two thousand and eleven. Every fog signal went off for the last time in Ireland. Um, I, I think the commissioners decided that you know with modern technology you have AIS on ships, you have GPS, you have satellite navigation. We're, we we're still emitting a Raycon beacon here, which goes out to warn um, the sailors. I, I think the locals here, probably true around, around Ireland. Um, I, I think they they would like to hear the foghorn again because you can imagine when the fog moves in and your children are out playing in the fields or on the rocks. And when they heard that fog signal go off, it was kind of, I suppose it was, it was the old way of texting your children to say there's danger coming. So I I would, I would love if they reintroduced maybe a foghorn day, just maybe once a year. I think it'd be nice. Very nostalgic. Don't you think? Absolutely. Yeah. There's definitely a romance to it here on the East coast of the U S uh, we still have active horns, but they're all automated and they're actually all mariner activated now. So people on boats and ships, if they're in the fog and they want to hear that horn, they uh, use their VHF radio on their boats and they can activate the horns that way here in this country, you hardly hear the horns anymore. I think the lighthouses uh, still serve a, a navigational purpose for sure despite GPS, but uh, the horns, maybe not so much. Modern technology has really taken over, hasn't it? You know, I mean, I, I suppose it's having lighthouses like you have on your East Coast and all over the state and all over the world. I, I, when, when people kind of say, they say, how many shipwrecks are there? I don't like to think of it like that. I like to think of lighthouses about how many lives were saved because we were there and we are here. Right. You know, so for me, lighthouses, the glass is half full, you know. I'm very optimistic about lighthouses. When people visit there, what can they see and do other than climbing the lighthouse, I think is part of it? Yeah, I mean, access to our grounds are free. You know, it's uh, the four walls around them and stuff like that. Um, We have a fully operational coffee shop um, inside. Um, With the pandemic at the moment, things are slightly different. Dining has to be outside. That's going to change, I think, in the next couple of weeks, you know. Mm Um, we also converted an old horse box into a, a coffee dock. We have our barbecue outside with uh, David Chapman and, uh, and Trish uh, when the weather is nice. We're very proud of our food here. Uh, we, we, we do have extra things we put on in morning and nighttime. You know, we have sunrise tours and we have sunset tours. What we try to do is showcase the seafood that's all around us. You know, so our chefs come in very early in the morning. They go up to the bakery. They're baking the breads and they're getting the lobster, the shrimp, the crab, the cod, the salmon. And we have a smokehouse just in the road here for us. So we're very proud of that end of it as well. Um, I I mean, even down to the seaweed that's floating in here, everything from the sea is really edible, you know. And our chefs and our manager, Lorraine, we we like to showcase this a lot, you know, Mm. Um, it's, it's, it's amazing how far people inland will travel for fresh fish, whereas all we have to do is throw a pot out behind me here and come back two days later, there's something in it, you know? Right. Well, uh, you're making me really hungry for lunch. It's nearly lunchtime here, and you're making me look forward even more to visiting there next year because I, I, love, I love good fresh seafood. Good stuff. What other exhibits can people see? Yeah, um, I have a maritime exhibit down below where... Um, a lot of whale, we have a lot of whale activity on this, well, all over Ireland, but particularly on the East Coast here. Um, 
usually late October until about March. We have a lot of whale bones that we have inside. Of course, there's artifacts that have been dredged up in the estuary from cannonballs and stuff like that, you know. There's, we built a pirate ships for the young kids. They come down and Captain Hook here, myself, sometimes we'll entertain them and we'll have a bit of fun. We do tug of wars. Um, mm-hmm. Recently, in the last couple of years, we got rid of the generator because we don't need it anymore. We've got LED lighting in. So the old generator room, we took the generator out and we're, we're very proud of how clean and how tidy it is. We've gotten away from plastic. We have glass bottles and some people might say, hey, that's worse than plastic. But it's not because we have a glass crusher which crushes it down. Mm. And we use the crushed glass on building projects around the lighthouse. Mm. Um, all of our coffee cups are com- uh, compostable. So everything breaks down. We keep the food separate. Our waste is down to a minimum, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think we go out, myself, John, Robbie, whoever is here at any given time, we'll walk the headlands and we'll yeah. walk the whole headland and we'll pick up every bit of rubbish we see, you know. So we're very conscious of our surroundings and wh- what is here. I mean, we, we do have people come down for, um, for picnics all the time. We don't mind people bringing their own food in for picnics. We, we actually encourage it, you know, yeah. and they sit on the lawn outside. It's, it's a, quite a big lawn. Yeah, a lot of stuff like that. So uh, we also have our, our resident artist, a lady by the name of Rose Fenn. And um, maybe uh, by the time you come over next year, I'll get Rose to paint you a painting yourself. So you'll be able to take back with you. Uh, Rose is here pretty much all the time. Um, her art workshop is in the back. And all her stuff is about the peninsula and about the hook. Mm-hmm. So from no matter where you come in the world, um, there's something here to do for you. You know, like all yeah. of our guides, our manager, all the anyone who works here, you just stop them and ask a question and they're only more than willing to help you. I mean, we spoke earlier on about, say, the, you know, Wexford and Waterford and the Waterford estuary. Wexford, the southeast has so much to offer. You know, from the oldest city in Waterford to the Irish Heritage Park, where they take you inside and uh, you go through about 8,000 years of Irish history. Mm-hmm. You know, we have uh, hard to believe we have one of the surfing capitals of Ireland. It's just over here, a little town called Tremore, where you can get surf lessons. Um, there's uh, kayaking pretty much when the weather is right all around the peninsula, mm-hmm. uh, windsurfing. So just the Hook Lighthouse and the environs around it have, have a lot to offer. Uh, it sounds like a really good uh, family place, you know, for families to exactly. come for, for all kinds of people, but a lot for, for kids, it sounds like, too. When people uh, go there to see the lighthouse, are there guided tours? Yeah, we, we um, at the moment, again, things are slightly different with what's going on. We won't mention the words, you know, but you know what it is. But yeah, our tours start at 10 o'clock in the morning and we run a tour every 30 minutes until summertime up to six o'clock so we could have 15 tours a day you know up to three four five guys working at any one time the history is amazing i'm going to walk you through it in a couple of minutes i'm going to just give you a quick walk through the lighthouse i know time is a, is a conservative podcast and we don't want people to get too bored you know but um hopefully they're still with us but i'll walk you through the different rooms and we'll eventually go out onto the top of the lighthouse and um the tours you know we start off like we mentioned earlier on with Duvon, and we bring you up to modern times. And mm-hmm. then when you get out onto the top of the balcony, about 35, 40 minutes before you get there, and then you go, I didn't mind those 115 steps, you know, because mm-hmm. that's what our lighthouse has, 115 steps yeah. Yeah. built into the lighthouse. 
over a hundred is, is a lot. I, but, uh, but I did uh Ponce Inlet lighthouse in Florida two years ago. And I think if I remember right, 213 steps. That's so correct. Uh, yeah, it's quite, it's quite, it's quite up there, isn't it? Yeah. So I figure if I do that, I can do yours. Well, we'd, we'd break it up for you. We, what we do with the tours is we get them to, uh, we go into the coal store first where the coal was stored for pretty much hundreds of years. And then we would go on to the next level, which is, um, Liberty Hall, and that's where the bedrooms would have been in the lighthouse for going back to the monks, and even up to recently time, uh, up to recent times, that's where the supernumeraries, the assistant mm -hmm. lighthouse keepers, would speak. And then finally, we go up onto the monastery level, which still has its Gothic arches going back to when the monks were building it here. You know, mm -hmm. um, so three different levels, about thirty something steps each time, and then finally you walk out onto the uh, onto the balcony, which is about. Uh, again, it's probably about 270 degrees around. I always like it when the climb up is broken up that way. Things you can look at yeah. on the way up. You pretend you're uh, studying things as you're catching your breath before you continue. That's it. And it helps us as well when you're doing eight tours a day. <laughs> so you also you mentioned there are sunset tours, sunrise tours. Yeah, I mean, where I am right now, right behind me is where the sun rises. We're due east and directly across there is west. I have to say... Everybody involved in the in the sunrise and the sunset tours, are, it's amazing. To see the sunset just go down over the mountains on the far side, it's quite amazing. And right where I am in the watchtower here, we set up the seafood buffet. So mm -hmm. it's only a limited amount of people. Um, we'd have local beers, like I said, all local seafood. Um, you get a, a, a private tour of the lighthouse as well just before that. Mm -hmm. And you watch the sun, sunset go down over the Cumberland Mountains. And pretty good i mean we, we have other stuff on as well um we hold concerts in the lighthouse mm, now yeah. that's for uh, only a small amount of people it's usually local irish irish artists and stuff like that but um to hear somebody sing in a lighthouse is quite amazing you know um the tickets for those they go pretty quick and um we always notice that staff members don't mind working on that night because they get a concert as well you know so yeah. uh, the, hard, the hard thing, I suppose, is bringing up 50 chairs up huh. 77 steps, but uh, you get yeah. used to it. That reminds me of my friend, uh, Gary Shredinsky, who lives not far from here, who's uh, one of the most incredible accordion artists in the world. Oh, and he recorded an beautiful. album in Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse. And I helped, him carry, I helped him carry his seven accordions and other audio equipment up to the top of the tower. Oh, I was glad it was. Glad it was only 44 stairs and not over 100 stairs. Yeah, the, the acoustics inside is uh, is amazing. I mean, our our lighthouse is, you know, it's 13 meters in diameter. Um, say, let's go to feet. You're a little over 40 feet, you know. The, the, the walls are over about 13 foot thick each, mm -hmm. you know, with a staircase built into the outside wall. It's called a mural staircase going up anti-clockwise. Um, it, it's incredible. So you have those walls and, and all the stone from the lighthouse is from down here. It's all local limestone, you know, mm -hmm. and each yeah. brick, each block had to be carved and put in and further on down, you'll see it. It'll find it hard to get. Now we have a lime kiln down here, yeah. uh, a little bit further down lime, you know, you need mortar. So, you know, the limestone is burnt at high temperatures and dipped in into cold water and the lime breaks off and you'd mix that with horsehair and other clay around and that's what they've done i mean it would have taken them taken them a couple of decades to build this lighthouse pretty yeah. incredible yeah so you get interesting wildlife there 
Yeah, like I said, the whale watching season is amazing. Everything from humpback whales to fin whales, uh, minke whales, pilot whales. Uh, they're chasing after the sprat and the herring, which come in here. Um, the herring and the sprat will come in in the estuary there up as far as pretty much Duncannon. Um, and the whales obviously are feeding on those. Um, I was here in January this year and I was right down there on the headland and there was three fin whales just going right by. Um, I was lucky to be on a boat a couple of years ago when we spotted a couple of humpback whales, you know, uh, bird life, gannets, you know, uh, you name it, seagulls, everything is around uh, this, this, mm -hmm. this part. I'm actually looking at a gannet right now looking for some fish. Yeah. They're a white-tipped bird diving into the water. And yeah. again, when, when sprat and herring season are here, it's just continuous, you know. Yeah. Uh, pods of dolphins, harbour porpoises. Um, I'm quite amazed, actually, there's no seals here at the moment. It's nice and quiet. Sometimes you could have five, six, seven, eight seals just out here, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You want to walk out onto the balcony to see what it's really like here? Of course. Just just this just this little balcony here. Yeah. You know. Sure. Yeah. We'll see what uh, we we'll see what we got. So if you're starting here, like I said, you're looking down here at the Irish Sea, uh, Celtic Sea, and then you have the Waterford Estuary just right out here, leading into Waterford and New Ross, and further on like that. I'm going to walk outside. Is that okay? I hope the sound stays with us now on this because. Uh, you know, with the, with the wind. Is everything coming across okay? It is so far, yeah. Excellent. I'm going to walk outside. You get a key ready here. So this is the very modern part of the lighthouse. We spoke about the gunpowder magazine earlier on. And there's the old detonator store. Do people get to go inside those buildings when they visit? Yeah, this one here, the uh, say the, the we're going to open up the gunpowder magazine for people. This one here, the SOS, the uh, Save Our Seas, we call it. And this was the old generator room mm -hmm. and people would go inside that. And we have a wonderful exhibit down about how dangerous plastic is, you know, and ways you can prevent it or, you know, stop using single use plastic and stuff like that. So we go in and we do educational tours for schools, you know, mm -hmm. and then there's the pirate ship we built for the kids. When I visit there with a the group from the U.S. Lighthouse Society, I hope you can give give us your pirate uh, presentation. We get I hope you get the here, I, I, I have a joke for you, Jeremy. Okay, I'm ready. Why are pirates always angry? I give up. Why are pirates always angry? Because they are. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do that. I'm sorry. Okay. But I take you guys inside the lighthouse. That'd be great. So, in we go. Yeah. So, for you guys in the States, we're now walking into an 800-year-old building. Everywhere we go from here on up goes back to the early 1200s. We don't have any of those here. There's the monk's chapel heading in that way. Yeah. Here we are. We're up 22 meters, about 66 feet. And the light is uh, how far above the water? Um, the light is 36 meters. Okay. So uh, a little over 100 feet, you know, a little over 100 feet. Okay. Um, it's right behind me. Yeah. An old yeah. Fresnel lens. Mm -hmm. um, quite beautiful, quite large. How large is it? Uh, we changed its. Well, it's a triple lens. Mm -hmm. It's a three-second flash. You're probably talking about five and a half feet in height. I think there's 144 different pieces of glass in it, you know, so it's quite amazing. Yeah. I will get you up there. Uh, we changed our lights uh, 2016. We went from a 1,000-watt light bulb to um, six 13-watt LEDs. So there's only 78 watts up there now, you know. Wow. 
Uh-huh. So that's uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. And the light is still probably visible a, a very long way, right? Oh, we're talking. You're you're talking about over 25, 30 miles away. It's pretty amazing. Uh, we're talking on May twenty seventh today. People are going to hear this a bit later. Uh, you mentioned earlier that things are starting to starting to uh, or will be returning to normal fairly soon uh, with the pandemic. Is the lighthouse open? It's not open right now as we speak, right? We're, yeah, we're as we speak, no. Um, so this Saturday. We're open until the end of the summer. Every day, seven days will be open. The gift shop will be open. Basically, mm-hmm. everything will be open from this Saturday all the way through. We're hoping forever. We normally only close down about three days a year. Well, I'm glad. Uh, I'm sure you'll be happy when things get even closer. Yeah, to I think I th- we, we'll all be happy. I mean, we, we, we all love it here. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, whether you're a lighthouse keeper or a tour guide in some place like this, I think we're just caretakers for a little short time in the big history. When you're at a lighthouse like this, with its history going back 800 years, I mean, I'm privileged even to be able to work here. You know, it's, it's amazing. It's a bonus It's a bonus for me to, to have a job. When you think of what went before us, yeah. from monks to local people to, you know, a different sort of a life. I mean, this is, this is relatively easy, isn't it? Well, it seems to me the lighthouse is lucky to have you. You're lucky to have it. So it's a nice, nice match. So, Thanks, Jeremy. Uh, You've maybe uh, at least partly answered the the last question I want to ask you, but I'm going to ask it anyway in case you'd like to add anything else. Uh, and this is for bonus points, okay? What has been your favorite thing about working at Hook Lighthouse? Well, for bonus points, I'd like to say talking to you today, but we, we won't go down that road. Um, for me, it's the people. To see someone enter the grounds here and just think of it as a lighthouse with a couple of black lines on it. That's one thing. To see their faces when they leave, having been educated about lighthouses, about Ireland, about the whole area, I like to think they all went away with a little smile on their face. I mean, any of the guys here, our manager, Lorraine, David, Trish, Chris, Robbie, our maintenance guy, you come down here any day of the week and, you know, you'll be educated and leaving happy. Yeah, and we can't wait. We we can't wait to welcome our American guests back. You know, yeah, yeah. Some of my own friends will be coming over. I mean, my sister has been trying to get out for the last year, um, with with, with the pandemic. But um, I think she's coming in July. Say hi, Sandra. She lives in Connecticut in New Canaan, and her son, we're very proud, um, is in Fort Benning since last Monday. He joined your army, so he's the first of our family to join the U.S. Army. Yeah. yeah, her other son, I think, is um, going to West Point next year. Wow, wow. We're very proud of all that. You know? Yes, you should be. Irish people have played such a, a big role in the history of this country in so many ways. Being descended from uh, Irish on my mother's father's side, I'm, I'm proud of that heritage, too. I'd love to keep talking to you all day if we, if we could. And uh, I think you're a fantastic ambassador for Hook Lighthouse, for uh, County Wexford and for Ireland in general, and I'm sure the rest of your staff and tour guides there are as well. But uh, I see why, you know, I looked on TripAdvisor and I saw the great reviews you've gotten. They, uh, a lot of them mentioned our, our great tour guide, Noel Lynch. Yeah, well, you know what? I, I, I don't think I can take credit for that. I think it's a group effort, if you know what I mean. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's singling out one person as grand, but I think everyone here puts in the effort, you know, and I think that's what makes it such a great place to visit. 
I'm sure I'm sure that's absolutely true. So yeah, I'm singling singling you out because you're doing such a great job uh, giving us us this tour today. But uh, the, thank you. Uh, I'm sure the whole whole staff there I'm sure is is great. And also I think our American Lighthouses organizations could learn a lot from what you're doing there conservation wise. I think that's uh, really commendable. Yeah, listen, uh, listen, Jeremy. Um, any question you have at all about anything about what we're doing here for the conservation for the area, just send us an email, you know, send me an email, send it to Lorraine, send it to Elaine, anybody here, if you need any help with anything about, you know, going forward. So Noel, uh, I'm going to let you go at this point, but I'm hoping we can do it again. And I know uh, we're going to talk when I'm there next year and I'm really, really looking forward to that. But I want to thank you so much for spending this time with me today and for taking the extra effort to take us up in the lighthouse. You're the first podcast guest I've had who's actually uh, given, us a, given us a tour of pretty much the whole site. We, we, we aim to please. Yeah, I, I can see that you do. And uh, I want to thank you again so much. And we'll talk to you again. So thank you, Noel. Jeremy, thank you very much. See you at the next rodeo. For more on Hook Lighthouse, visit hookheritage.ie. Another good website is greatlighthouses.com, which has history and visitor information for 15 Irish lighthouses. I'm really looking forward to the USLHS tour a year from now when I'll get to see Hook Lighthouse in person and to meet Noel Lynch. He's such an interesting guy. It was really a lot of fun talking with him. Episode 127 of Lighthearted will be posted this Sunday, July 11th. It will feature an interview with April Havens, site manager at the Piney Point Lighthouse Museum and Historic Park in Maryland. And it will also include a talk with Lee Radzak, who's written a new book about his 36 years as the site manager at Split Rock Lighthouse in Minnesota. Thanks, as always, to the staff members and volunteers of the U.S. Lighthouse Society at the headquarters in Washington State and around the world. Be sure to check out uslhs.org to read about all the things the Society offers and to take advantage of all the resources on the website. Remember that donations and memberships help support this podcast. The diarist Anne Frank once said, quote, Look at how a single candle can both defy and define the darkness, end quote. To everyone working to save lighthouses or any kind of history, thanks for everything you do. Your work is important and it's appreciated. As always, thanks for listening and keep a good light. Keep a good light.